allegations or simply wrong since the story produced more than its share of inaccurate reporting lies and colorful but useless folklore the bad character phrase makes it clear she'd heard about and believed the most explosive allegation of all mcgee's claim that his sexual encounter with willette wasn't a rape but an act of consensual sex part of a long-standing love affair that she had instigated As for Roosevelt's observation that the story lacked elements that could stir the soul, she couldn't have been more off-base, because Asia Terre wasn't the only person who cared. By 1951, hundreds of thousands of people knew McGee's name and what it represented, and many had passionate opinions about what had happened to him inside Mississippi courtrooms. The story began in November 1945 when McGee, a longtime Laurel resident who worked as the driver of a wholesale grocery delivery truck, was charged with breaking into a home in a middle-class white neighborhood and raping Mrs. Troy Hawkins, a 32-year-old housewife and mother of three. The rape allegedly happened in the pre-dawn hours of November 2nd, a warm autumn Friday. As the still-traumatized Mrs. Hawkins told police after daybreak that morning, She was asleep in a front bedroom with a sick 20-month-old girl at her side. Her 37-year-old husband was in a room near the back of the house, having gone there after spending several hours helping Willette take care of the child. She said she woke up and heard a man crawling toward her on the floor. In an instant, he was on top of her, smelling like whiskey and threatening to kill her and the child if she didn't shut up and submit. Once he was done, he told her never to say a word about what happened or he would come back and kill her. Then he ran out the front door. Mrs. Hawkins said it was too dark to see the rapist's face, but she knew he was black by the texture of his hair. McGee became a suspect in part because he didn't show up for work on Friday, but also because Laurel Police found witnesses, including two male friends of his, whose statements seemed to place him in the vicinity at the time of the assault. He was arrested the next day in a nearby city, Hattiesburg, briefly taken back to Laurel, and then driven to jail 90 miles away in Jackson, the state capital. Jackson was home to a massive county courthouse with a two-floor upper-story lockup that was considered safe from attacks by lynch mobs. Often, in cases like this, Black defendants were whisked away from wherever they'd been arrested and taken straight to the Hines County Jail. The trial was held in early December, amid so much local hostility that the governor of Mississippi sent McGee back to Laurel under heavily armed guard. It lasted only a day, with an all-white jury sentencing him to death after deliberating for less than three minutes. There would be two more circuit court trials, The first two verdicts were reversed on procedural grounds by the Mississippi Supreme Court, followed by a three-year period of state and federal appeals, including multiple appeals to the U.S. Supreme Court. For a long time, through all three trials, in fact, the McGee case was barely noticed outside Mississippi, but by the end, that had changed dramatically. People all over the United States, Canada, South America, Europe, and Asia had read or heard about his death sentence and were convinced he was either the victim of a racist frame-up or, if guilty, had been condemned unfairly, 
since Mississippi's death penalty for rape was only applied to blacks, never to whites. In 1950 and 1951, thousands of individuals sent letters, postcards, and telegrams to public officials who had the authority to halt the execution, including Mississippi's governor and chief justice, the justices on the U.S. Supreme Court, and President Harry S. Truman, demanding either a new trial, a prison term instead of death, or outright clemency. A week before the execution, Truman even heard from McGee's children, who pleaded with him in a letter to save their father. Dear Mr. President, We are writing to you about our daddy, Willie McGee, who have been in jail five years, and on May 8, they are going to put our daddy on the hot seat. Will you please not let him die, Mr. Truman? You is our president. My name is Gracie Lee McGee.